stroke in the U.S. is surprisingly unsafe. Yeah. Shockingly. Yeah. And when I learned that, you know, here's this this problem I'm looking to solve globally, and when I realized here in the U.S. we had this safety problem, that realization came when I was looking at, hey, is there actually an opportunity here? Are we able to fill a niche or a problem, solve a problem that currently isn't being solved? And the reality is you walk into a grocery store and you see soap products lining store shelves. Yes, most all of it's in plastic, which is its own problem we can talk about. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realize that that point is over 2,100 soap products that were labeled as natural or organic that were being sold at high-end grocery stores across the U.S., um, they actually contained ingredients that either had a known endocrine disruptor um, or came with health issues. Welcome to the Sustain Podcast, where we discuss all things that exist at the intersection of design and sustainability. Are you intimidated by the zero and zero waste, but you want to live more sustainably? Are you inspired by elevated, timeless design? Do you prioritize progress over perfection? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jacqueline Tracy, the founder of Sustain, a home-focused, sustainable marketplace on a mission to build a more circular future, imperfectly, but collectively. She is the founder and CEO of Soapply, which is my favorite hand soap, easily, that we uh, do sell in our marketplace. And it's the cleanest, the absolute cleanest, non-toxic ingredients you can find in soap and also hydrating too. So I'm really excited because she shares a lot of the science behind the importance of knowing what is in your soap and uh and you know we as we were talking there was an actual hailstorm here in denver and i i kept recording because since this is the sustain podcast and you know we talk all about the intersection of sustainability and design uh i think that you know the hailstorm was an important reminder from mother nature that the climate crisis is truly a crisis my friend sent me this quote the other day and this is from former president barack obama but to me this quote is such a call to action and this is all i could think about while we were listening to this hailstorm while talking about sustainability and the quote is we are the first generation to live with the effects of climate change and the last ones who can do something about it. So just think about that for a moment as you uh, get ready to listen to this podcast. Let it sink in and enjoy today's episode with Mara McGrew. Okay, so today we're so excited to welcome Mara McGrew. She is a founder and CEO of Soapply. This is truly the only soap that I have on my sink side. And it's a clean, natural soap that's better for your skin and the planet. 
and they also give back. So every do- every uh, ounce of soap that they sell, there's a direct donation tied to it. And I just am in love with this soap. And Mara, as a founder, has been honestly like I would say a mentor and just like so open and um, just very collaborative. And we've I think we've been selling you guys since the first year of Sustain's business. Um, so great. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and the Sustain family. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so let's just dive right in. So what, like, I just want to hear about the inspiration behind Soapply, because I know about, you have, you have, like, this incredible scientific background, and um, so, yeah, just share, like, what, what got you started with, with creating this, like, very clean and natural, amazing hand soap? Uh, well, to start, I guess you hinted at this, but my career did start working in an antimicrobial and antibacterial lab. Um, I was doing antimicrobial and antibacterial research in a lab for the NIH, um, or funded by the NIH, I should say. What is what but does NIH stand for? Sorry. The National Institute of Health. Okay. Um, and the kind of light bulb moment for supply didn't come when I was working in a lab behind a chemical hood, but actually came when I was living and working in um, Africa. I was living in South Africa, working in East Africa, and was working around water sanitation and hygiene. And I had an opportunity to see firsthand the gap around hand washing, the global problem, which frankly I didn't know existed and getting to see firsthand the reality of preventable child mortality, um, seeing kids get really sick from things like dysentery, which here you know, in the US is something that we laugh a little bit about. You get diarrhea, you miss school, you miss work, but I was seeing it take kids' lives. Oh my and gosh. it became something that I cared about quite a bit <laughs> and it became personal. And I realized here is this problem, access to soap, hand washing, that literally could be solved with pennies on a light. And why weren't we funding it? And how could we create a sustainable revenue stream to actually fund this global problem? And supply came about, the idea for supply came about with the very simple idea of saying, could we sell soap that helps get soap in the hands that need it globally? And the supply mission really expanded once I got back to the U.S. And I realized that here in the U.S., we actually have a soap problem of our own. And you're nodding, but I don't know. I'm like, yeah, Uh, yeah, (laughs) we do. (laughs) Um, I don't know if everyone listening is as aware of the problem as you are. Um, but here in the U.S., the soap problem that we have is not an access issue, right? Like we can wash our hands going into a uh, a coffee shop, a rest stop. There's soap next to you know the the sink after we walk. We've gone to the bathroom to wash our hands. But in many corners of the world, like I said before, it's still a luxury that's out of reach. And here in the U.S., while the access isn't an issue, it turns out we have an issue around safety. Mm-hmm. Soap in the U.S. is surprisingly unsafe. Yeah. Shockingly. Yeah. And when I learned that, you know, here's this this problem I'm looking to solve globally. And when I realized here in the U.S. we had this safety problem, 
that realization came when I was looking at, hey, is there actually an opportunity here? Are we able to fill a niche or a problem, solve a problem that currently isn't being solved? And the reality is you walk into a grocery store and you see soap products lining store shelves. Yes, most all of it's in plastic, which is its own problem we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't realize that that point is over 2,100 soap products that were labeled as natural or organic that were being sold at high-end grocery stores across the U.S., um, they actually contained ingredients that either had a known endocrine disruptor um, or came with health health issues. And um, the FDA had come out and said that these 2,100 soap products contained ingredients that were unsafe for daily contact with human skin, yet here they were in soap that was labeled as natural and organic that mostly moms were reaching for buying and putting in front of their families to make sure that they were putting an essential that was better, you know, for Mm -hmm. their household and they were paying a premium for it. And really the idea of supply expanded to say, Hey, can we solve this global problem with a better product in front of consumers right here in the U S put a product that's actually safe that we're crafting using sustainably sourced ingredients that we're mindfully bottling with the planet in mind, bottling in refillable, reusable glass bottles, um, which we can go on and on about <laughs> into. Um, but yeah, so the idea, the long-winded way of answering your question um, is, you know, supplies light bulb moment came around this global access problem and wanting to solve that problem. And then realizing that if we wanted to create a sustainable revenue stream, we needed to solve a problem right here in the U.S. too. Mm-hmm. And in doing these things together, really realizing here's an opportunity to deliver something that people actually need, that they're asking for, that they want, and that can really provide a sustainable revenue stream that will fund this global problem year after year after year, mm-hmm. instead of it just being a once-off kind of initiative or marketing program. Yeah. Wow. That's so amazing. That is so, so I know I honestly, you're going to have to educate me a little bit because I know, I know that in the U S like, I just feel like the regulation around beauty products, around things that you put into like in contact with your skin, which to me is like, it's like consuming it. It's like you're eating it, you know, like it's literally absorbing into your skin. And, right. and I know I think and, what people don't realize is your skin is your largest organ. Yeah. What you put on your skin is absorbed directly into your bloodstream. So the fact that 2,100 soap products contained ingredients that the FDA was saying, hey, these are unsafe for daily contact, that's a pretty big So problem. crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. Yes. And I know, so in, I know in Europe, it's like there are in like the beauty and health space, it's like there are like 1,300 ingredients that are banned. And then here, I don't know if the stat is still accurate in 2023 but even last year it was like 30 there were like 30 ingredients that were banned in the u.s and you see a lot of you know different individual brands and you see retailers coming forward and saying hey we need to create standards yeah you know consumers want and need to know what they're putting into and on their body and they have the right to know and how do you offer that kind of transparency credibility and trust to a consumer Mm -hmm. and Um, You're hitting on something that's really important to supply. It was important to me from the beginning is here is this product that everybody needs and uses. So 
And it turns out soap in the U.S. is not regulated. It's not required to be tested for safety. It's not required to be labeled. And how do you all of a sudden tell a consumer, hey, it's important to know what you're putting on your body. It's important to know what you're lathering up with. It's important to know what's in your soap. Yeah. And the reality is most people don't know what's in their soap. If I even asked you, now you've got supplies, so you know it's only the good stuff, organic oils. But if I asked you probably a few years ago, what's in the soap you're using? Most people, most Americans do not have an answer to that. You know, maybe it's uh, sudsy stuff, bubbles Mm -hmm. um, that make me clean. And it turns out maybe the folks that have watched Fight Club (laughs) <laughs> have some insight into how soap is made or if you think back to you know your chemistry days but so true soap is made using these fatty acids any kind of oil and lye mm-hmm. um and a chemical Which, reaction what's the other lye? name for lye isn't there it's hydrogen but yeah so it's lye oil like an alkaline is that what you're thinking uh, yeah i think so yeah any kind of alkaline alkaline fatty acid. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, so the so the like ingredients in soap. I mean, I totally agree. I think that I I think that most consumers don't know what's in it. And then like so what I was actually trained growing up to do and this is because of my brother cuz he is like lives a more sustainable lifestyle. He's like off-grid in northern woods. And oh, and he, yeah, so because of him, I did learn I, I just to like challenge societal norms at an earlier age. And so yeah. for me going through a grocery store, I didn't necessarily know what things were, but at least I would be like, okay, what has the least ingredients? Cause that's like, you know, it, it's a lot, it's just, it's safer. And then especially if you know what the ingredients are, then it's, it's, you know, that that's a really good baseline for how I at least check food. It's like how many ingredients are in this and then do I know what they are? And, and with, with soap, I mean, I've seen certain soap bottles where I'll look at the back and it's just like all these crazy scientific words. And I know, I know what none of them are. And it's like the entire like bottle of soap is, is like filled top to bottom with ingredients I'm like, yeah. what is this garbage? Jackie, I feel like you're going to have to stop me because I love talking about soaps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really get into the dirty details of it. Um, the reality of what I think you're hinting at here is that a lot of soaps on store shelves in the U.S. are not soap at all. They're detergents. Ugh. And we're not aware that they're detergents, right? As consumers, many soaps are labeled as just that but they're these harsh chemical filled detergents and detergents really only came about like a little history for you. They really <laughs> only came about during world war one and world war two, they grew in popularity. And that was when these oils were much harder to get your hands on a lot more expensive and mm. detergents are made using synthetics, um, man-made derivatives and they're cheaper. So soap is one of these things where, the quality and the cost are directly correlated. Mm -hmm. It is a lot cheaper to make a detergent. Detergents were initially created to as degreasers and they're really Mm. good at stripping oil, like really, really good. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you're using a detergent soap, one of the things that happens is it does strip the oils. And when you're washing your hands with it, it doesn't just strip away the unwanted oils, but it also strips away the natural oils on your hands, which are a protective barrier. Mm-hmm. And so if you're using a detergent soap. And a lot of us realize this in the middle of, you know, the pandemic peak pandemic when we're washing our hands a million times a day mm-hmm. if you were washing your hands with a drying detergent that you thought was soap you might have looked down at your hands at one point and said oh my god is that snake skin or is that like my skin it's yeah. so dry and cracked uh. and it turns out the soap you're using makes all the difference yeah and so if you're using a true soap you're going to notice that it's much more moisturizing it leaves your skin healthy gently cleanses, but your skin stays balanced. It's protected. And so, so ply is a true soap. Yeah. That's, I would, I would absolutely like, I was just going to say that, that when I wash my hands with soap ply, it is so like, it does feel moisturizing. Like it, there are so many soaps that do feel like, I mean, even some clean soaps that I know just feel a little like they're stripping too much. And, yeah. and I feel like when I use soap light, it's like, it's moisturizing. My hands feel soft after I use it. It doesn't dry it out. It's really nice to use in the winter, especially. Like music to my ears. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> like we formulated like, it. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly it is how do we, and this is one of the things I talk about quite a bit is how do we take a product that we all actually need? Like there are very few things in the world that everyone of us needs, all of us listening and all of us not listening. Yeah, that's true. Food is one. Water is one. Soap is one. We need soap to keep us clean, but more importantly, we need soap to keep us healthy. Mm -hmm. And when I think about supply, what I think about is how do we take an essential good and solve essential problems, but deliver on it being better? Mm-hmm. And part of what that means with soap and hand washing is it should absolutely not leave your skin dry and irritated and in need of lathering up with lotion. Mm-hmm. We don't need to upsell you on something that you don't need. We need to create better versions of the things you do. We need to be mindful of how we're creating it, how we're packaging it, and the impact that it has. Yeah. And so that's really where, you know, when it comes to supply, I think it's worth obsessing over those details. Yeah. And I think one of the questions I get is as soon as people realize we've been around since beforehand washing was cool, AKA yeah. <laughs> pre pre COVID. <laughs> um, shocked that we haven't just released a million SKUs, especially mm-hmm. because we've had success. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had Hollywood A listers, everyone from like Amy Schumer to Jesse J mm-hmm. to um I mean, Chevy Chase and everyone <laughs> in between, um, they're reaching for supply, they're sharing supply, mm-hmm. they are part of this conscious community. And we have had success and we've chosen still not to upsell people on SKUs and products they simply don't need. And if you talk to a, an investor or VC group or you know a lot of founders, they'd say, why not? It's an opportunity just to print money. Mm-hmm. And, that's where the fact that supply is one, a public benefit corporation. Mm, um, I didn't know that actually. That's amazing. I I just have been learning about that structure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's very important. And anyone Mm -hmm. that's not listening, 
uh, part or is listening and doesn't know what that is. It's a legal structure that um, is a variation of a C corp, and it says that we are both looking at profitability and the public good that we do, mm-hmm. uh, and it allows that to be uh, maintained even if there's leadership change, funding change. Um, or any kind of acquisition at any point in the future. And so the impact side of what supply does is protected. And that's really important to me. It's important that supply continues to be a business that doesn't just look at profitability, but says, what is it that we're doing here? What's the impact we're making? Mm -hmm. And is there an opportunity for supply to continue to pull others along in the industry, allow them to learn with us and from us, and collectively do more, do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, you're nodding here, but yeah. I think that one of the things that excites me is changing your soap is a really easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And changing the world feels really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you can offer someone something really simple to do, and then you can show to, sorry, you're seeing some people walking behind me. I'm on a family getaway. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's storming out here. So I'm like, hopefully this isn't coming through the audio. Okay. Thunderstorm <laughs> over here. Um, the audio people can hear. Yeah. yeah. can't see the family running by. <laughs> yeah. um, but what was I saying? Oh, the idea that with, um, with supply putting profit and um, impact first just makes sense. And if you look at the market industry, you realize very quickly, oh, I do hear the thunder on your end. Do you hear it now? Yeah. It keeps getting worse. Uh, I'm like, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can edit the, <laughs> the thunder and <laughs> rain out of it, but we'll see. It might just add a little character to this podcast interview. <laughs> add a little thunder. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that what I'm trying to say is that if you can improve a concept, um, you convince people that otherwise wouldn't have been convinced that they can no longer ignore things like the impact of their packaging, mm-hmm. um, the reviews of ingredients that they're actually using. Yeah. And so one of the things that's exciting about supply is we have this fierce and amazing community that is authentic. Mm-hmm. And they are choosing to buy supply. They're choosing to make every wash count with us. And we realize it is such a luxury to be able to care about the ingredients in your soap, mm-hmm. the packaging of your soap, and the impact of your soap. But what we're doing is this like community is amazing yeah. because we're saying, here are these individuals who aren't just saying that these values matter to them, that these sustainable practices matter to them, but they're putting their money where their mouth is. And then these big guys that have been around forever that say, you know, we could review that, but it just costs more money and people don't care. Yeah. All of a sudden they're forced to review. Yeah. And it might not seem like a big deal when one company does it, but when the entire industry does, let me tell you, it moves the needle. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. There are two things with that. So one is I, I am such a promoter of like entrepreneurs making ripple effect kind of changes you know yeah and I I think supply is a really good example of that and I yeah I just I think that entrepreneurship can really drive so much change because once you get 
a community and consumers also voicing these same concerns that that you know you started at the inception of of Soply with it's that's that's when there's there's power in in the collective and it's very cool i think some you know entrepreneurs even step back and say oh my god like this i'm not going to name names but like a goliath company um just did a rebrand based on you aren't you devastated and the answer is no i'm so excited yeah i'm so excited because it means that we're making a difference and let me tell you if they're copying us we're already further down the track. That's not where we are anymore. We're continuing to keep this train going and we want people on board. Yeah. And so, no, it means that what we're doing is a success. Totally. Yeah. I completely Um, agree with that. Yeah. No. Oh my gosh. I totally, I completely agree. And yeah, no, the second thing I was going to say is just that it it is, um, can you hear the rain now? I'm like, should I go into the closet? (laughs) Um, the, (laughs) that is the reality that is the reality but yeah so the so the second point i was going to make is just that i think that you like so soply i actually i one i love i love that you guys have really stuck to like your flagship product because i think that it also has different ripple effects too with uh like even with just the focus the focus of the product the focus of your messaging around around impact around clean ingredients uh like that like when when people say like how like what is success to you is sustain what i love the most is when people are like you know you're kind of inside my head now like i'm i'm like questioning like is there a better product is there a better brand is there a better choice here that i can be making and i feel yeah. like with with Soply, it's the same thing. Like you're driving that, you know, it's for people to question like, wait, so, okay, I'm now this is like, I have Soply, so that's a solution. But like starting to look at other things, like what's in your shampoo and conditioner? Like what's, you know, what are in the different areas of your household that you can start to make those changes, you know, to be yeah. both safer for your, your own body, but, but also better for the planet. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think there's a few things to build off of there. Um, one, it makes it's music to my ears. <laughs> it, it resonates, but I think that part of it becomes, I guess, it's twofold. One, when you do one thing and you dedicate yourself to doing it really, really well, it allows you to go very granular mm-hmm. and say, okay, these details really matter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about the ingredients. And making sure that, you know, we're using um, ingredients that are safe for you and for our environment. But how do we actually test them? Mm-hmm. And so Supply is really proud to be made safe certified. That means that a third party that's a nonprofit, so they don't have skin in the game. It's not a self, you know, self seal mm-hmm. of approval. This is a third party lab tested. Um certification that allows us to say we know that what we're putting in front of you is safe we have all of the individual ingredients tested and then the in formula is tested and it means that it's not going going to bioaccumulate in your body you know it's not Mm -hmm. going into your bloodstream and cause problems but also what you're washing your hands with it's going directly into your sink and down your drain and into our waterways Mm -hmm. and 
we know what we're putting in our waterways is having an impact on our health. And we want to make sure that what is going down the drain when you're washing with supply is not going to have a negative impact on the environment or your health long term. And so we also make sure that it's not going to bioaccumulate in the environment. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's something that's really exciting. And it says, you know, how do we continue to push these things forward in a way that is traceable, that adds credibility and adds trust for consumers, but also turns around and allows to your point, a consumer to say, oh, supply is made safe certified. Who else is going the extra mile? Yeah, because that's a really high standard. That it, like, yeah, made safe is really high, high standard. And And when you look at some of the things that have happened, you know, in uh, what you alluded to at the the top of this um, podcast was the reality that in the U.S. versus Europe or anywhere else in the world, we just don't have the same regulations. Yeah. And so a lot of it falls on the companies and a lot of the smaller companies want to do the right thing, but unfortunately get lied to along the way. And so when it comes to ingredient sourcing, for example, you might be buying something that's food grade organic, which is something that supply does because it adds regulation to it. If it's food grade, it is regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be just reaching for organic. And it turns out that one of the suppliers along the way is lying to you. And then you turn around and you're selling this product this in good to consumers and you're too small to be able to afford the lab testing and you have the best intentions mm-hmm. and still it falls short. And so one of the things that I'm really excited about is how do you we continue to come together, work together, work with other small companies especially, and empower them to say, here are the questions you need to ask, here are the ways you can test some of these things along the way, and how do we make sure that the people who really care are the ones that are also winning, because they're the ones that, to your point, are bringing consumers along, educating them, offering the questions that they need. They are the voice in the head that then allows consumers to make these really good decisions when they're putting their money to work. Sustain is raising a community investment round and you're invited to participate. If you love Sustain, believe in our mission, and want to become a co-owner of our rapidly growing company, visit wefunder.com slash sustain. Investments start at just $100. I use bar soap for certain things. Like I use it for body. I have I have some bar soap at, at my, my kitchen sink, you know, for washing dishes and things like that. But I really love that you guys have the hand soap that pumps because when it feels, it does feel just higher end and more luxurious. But it also like what I noticed after using some bar soap in my bathroom sink is that it can actually clog up your whole sink because little scraps mm-hmm. get stuck. And, and so it's like, you guys have been really conscious about the way you've designed packaging, but still giving that more like, just, I mean, it, it, it is it, when you're pumping soap, it feel it does feel more luxurious, but then also like the actual moisture, moisturizing, what you were talking about earlier is yeah. it's different too. The, the thing I talk about when entrepreneurs come to me and ask like, what did you start with when you like had this idea and why wouldn't you just sell bar soap? Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is I wanted to just sell bar soap initially 
especially when I was looking at the the environmental impact of packaging, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of taking the bottle out of the picture was attractive to me, but I also wanted a solution that would actually meet people where they were. Mm. And you're hitting the nail on the head here when you're saying it just feels good and I want it next to my sink. I want it next to my kitchen sink and I want it next to my guest bathroom sink. Mm -hmm. It's clean. It feels nice. It looks nice. Mm -hmm. It turns out you're not alone. Almost 90% of Americans are reaching for liquid soap, even the ones that say they're reaching for bar soap um, next to their kitchen sink and their bathroom sink outside of maybe their personal bedroom bathroom Mm -hmm. if they have their own um they might use a bar soap but anytime they're welcoming guests into the space you really see people reaching for liquid soap Mm -hmm. and i like to tell people i buy bar soap still Mm -hmm. that's the truth i buy it for the shower and i buy it at the farmer's market and i love doing it because i can go up to the soap maker and that soap maker tells me all about the process that they use and what ingredients they use and that's part of a story that I really enjoy Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it comes to purchasing products. And when it comes to supply, I wanted an alternative, not to add to the market where there's already a solution where I do think, you know, when it comes to bar soap, there's a lot of people making really good bar soap and doing it really well. I agree with that. And they're selling it online and they're doing it at farmer's markets and in small stores Mm -hmm. um, through amazing marketplaces like Sustain. But when it comes to liquid soap, there really weren't good alternatives, mm-hmm. especially when it came to luxury. Yeah. And the reality of choosing glass over any other material came after a lot of research and durability and long-term use. And supply has always been bottled to be refilled and reused. And we launched the first closed loop system at the World Economic Forum alongside a handful of other companies, um, tested the the bottles themselves to be good up to a thousand uses. Wow. The fact that supply is bottled in glass, but then we also go a step further and say, how do we reduce packaging and waste anywhere we can? Okay, we're going to hand silk screen the bottles we do that right here in the U.S. It's very fun to see. I love our silk screen process. We silk screen our bottles. We also hand silk screen all of our boxes, by the way. Wait, but what, um, a, what does silk screen mean exactly? Okay. I like to give a nod to Andy Warhol here. <laughs> Andy Warhol had the soap, one of his first installments were the soap boxes uh-huh. in New York City. And um, it means that you create a screen um it's very similar to creating a if you've spent time in like a dark room Mm -hmm. that it's the film the screen is very similar to you make a a screen film and you actually create the design on the screen and then you hand print using that screen Mm -hmm. um each one of the bottles and each one of the boxes Ah. And it's a true art. Wow. And we use a specific type of ink that will ensure that, you know, it remains on the bottle. Um, The bottles can be washed. We encourage people to wash them between uses. You can wash it with a little bit of residue of soap that's still in the bottle at the end of a use. Um, Or you can put it in the dishwasher if you really want. Put it on the top shelf. It'll make it last longer. Um, 
But if you are taking care of your bottle and cleaning it between uses and refills, it really will last. Mm-hmm. And we sell the pumps um, independently. So if the pump goes, you can replace the pump without replacing the entire bottle. And continuing to ask, like, what are small things we can do along the way to make sure that this really is a, a sustainable solution? And, and so with glass, we know glass can be endlessly recycled and reused. It doesn't degrade in terms of quality um, and when you look at kind of long term where are we going with the refills and the refill system there's opportunities to engage um, through events through partnerships through retail mm-hmm. where you're having an in-person experience um, that's elevated and it's connected to the supplies uh, scope system but is leaving out the waste yeah so cool um, okay, I just have to give you a quick weather update here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mother Nature is not happy today. There, It's actually hailing now in Denver. Is it was like 90 degrees earlier. It's hailing. So it's I, full on hailing. Yeah. I grew up in Colorado, mm-hmm. which I think you know. And yeah. um, we always said, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom was saying the other day there were like golf ball golf ball size hail yeah at red rocks area yeah it was and in new york city where so crazy is based where i'm based the other week we had all of the smoke from the Canadian oh yeah fires. we that hit us too it's like in chicago now it's hit so many cities across yeah. the u.s and i think that what it's reminding me of and all of us is like cleaner oceans cleaner air yeah cleaner hands we all want and need them the yeah. reality of us taking actions, making choices as individuals that we think don't have long-term impacts on our planet. Yeah. It's naive. It is. Yeah, and I know. We no it's... longer afford to do it. And so, you know, upgrading your soap might seem like a small thing. If you look back and you think back to the pandemic, how many bottles of soap did you go through? Your trashes were full. Yeah. Of single-use plastic bottles that you were using to wash up and then they ended up most likely in landfills yeah yeah so how do we tackle these things and just make it easier more beautiful yeah 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 exactly yeah and that is i mean that's something we talk about at sustain a lot is like small sustainable changes and it's just like okay what are the easiest small sustainable changes and that's what whenever i talk to people it's like I mean, I say this all the time, but it's like the, you know, we're applauding people wherever they are on their journey. And yeah. it's like, I, I mean, even, even my own life has like come a long way in the last like four years when I would, that's when I would say I really started being more intentional about sustainable yeah. lifestyle. And it's like, if you, you know, you, you choose soap today and then you start to, you know, maybe like bring your own to-go cup for coffee or you bring your own utensils or you're choosing, you know, better products for your bath or, you know, like there's just like it, that's like like going back to the ripple effect. It's like, it's like one, one choice might seem small, but it adds up. It really does add up. And especially when you think about it on a collective level. Yeah. And I do think that's it, right? Like 20,000 single-use plastic bottles are being produced every second. Your soap does not need to come in one of them. It shouldn't. No. And you're talking about these ripple effects, and you do see it. I think that the reality of 
who I am as a person as well, I'd like to consider myself someone who cares, who cares a lot. Yeah. I live in New York City. When I go to the grocery store and I forget my reusable tote, I don't walk the 15 blocks back to the apartment to get my reusable yeah, tote. No, no, no. I cringe when I say it, but I take it in paper. And yeah. I think that the reality is that's where we need to meet people and allow them to come along. Offering individuals a product that actually works, you know, that doesn't ask them to compromise on how effective it is, that actually outperforms an alternative, mm-hmm. that is more beautiful, that's more designed, mm-hmm. that allows them to be proud, have a feeling of like positive interaction when they're Yeah, and that gives back too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I so. that is... Um, with supply, one of the things that I get excited about is everyone washes their hands. We do it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my partner about this actually the other day. And this is my dirty secret. I definitely lie when I need to escape a situation and I say that I need to use the bathroom. And I go, whether I've just had a fight with my partner or I'm overwhelmed with work or I need a minute to collect myself before (laughs) I'm doing a talk, I say I'm going to the bathroom. And then I go, I shut the door. I don't necessarily go to the bathroom, but I wash my hands. (laughs) And everyone does this. When you're overwhelmed or you realize you need to escape a situation or you just need a little space, whether it's at home, at work, or in a social situation, people go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, I've de- I've definitely I've done that. I've done that at weddings. I've done that at like yeah, hundred percent. You're like I need to get out of this situation right now and take a minute. So I'm gonna go. And of course, you go to the bathroom and you're like, well, I can't just like sit here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wash I'm gonna wash my hands because I don't actually have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's so funny. I think that one of the things that I've realized happens with supply, which is so empowering at the individual level, is you can take this 20 seconds that people frankly look at as an annoyance at times Mm -hmm. or is something that's just ingrained and they don't even give a second thought to. All of a sudden you turn washing your hands into these 20 seconds of self-indulgence where you are resetting and refreshing and reminding yourself that you want to show up in a better way and you already are. Mm-hmm. And that you that's right next to you, that's next to your sink, the soap that you've chosen to use, that you've already made a decision, hey, I am the type of person who cares about ingredients. I'm the type of person that's making these small choices in terms of packaging. And I'm the type of person who is choosing to give back because I am in the position where I can. Mm-hmm. It's a really powerful way to be able to show back up in the workplace, in your own life, like at home or in a social situation that allows you to hopefully stand a little taller and feel a little better. Mm-hmm. And I think we could all use that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In this fast paced world. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that actually what something you just mentioned just made me think of this specific question. So this is because what you were just talking about. a a little bit ago was was the progress over perfection like that that's something else that we always talk about at sustain because I think it's so important like when you are 
when you're starting on the sustainable journey, like you cannot get bogged down. Like the other day I ran out of compost bags and I threw away some food and like that makes me sad, you know, cause I want, I want to be able to compost. I don't want it to go to the landfill. I don't want it releasing methane, but I was like, I'm out of compost bag. I don't, I'm not, I can't go to the grocery store right now. There's no, I'm not going to have this food just like sitting in my refrigerator, you know, <laughs> like I, I need to get rid of it. So I threw it away. So it's just like, I think it's just so important to remember. Otherwise you can just get like eco anxiety and feel really overwhelmed by all the decisions, you know, to, to be more sustainable. And so, so I'd love to hear from you. Like what ways have you incorporated that philosophy into your, like in the context of business or personal growth or, you know, mm how you guys That's have moved and um i think that there are hard lines that i have that we have drawn um where we say this is a line we're not going to cross um and an example of that would be there are a number of retailers that require polybagging and if you don't know what polybagging is it's a plastic bag that would then go over your product um, and then over the outside product as well. So it would be double bagged in plastic. Yeah. And which, which I guess, I guess they do that for like dust. That's really all it is. It's like, they don't want it to get dusty in there's the warehouse. Reasons. Yeah. Ugh, I um, just hate that. There's dust. There's also, um, ease of sorting, just requirements at the fulfillment center level where mm. sometimes it even doesn't have anything to do with the retailer. Um, but they've chosen to move forward with a third-party logistics op- operator mm-hmm. um, that requires it. And it's for labeling purposes, for stickers, for yeah. all, there's a number of reasons. But the reality is we're going to great lengths to eliminate plastic packaging throughout our supply chain, um, not just in the end packaging, but also along the way. Mm-hmm. And there are major retailers that require this and we've made decisions to not move forward with working with them even though it could be helpful in terms of bottom line and sales numbers Mm -hmm. simply because it doesn't make sense to us to be educating consumers around the importance of eliminating plastic throughout their life in small ways and then have this product that's meant to be reducing their plastic usage packaged in double plastic bags Mm -hmm. um so there are things like that where I'm, I don't think we're compromising. We're not willing to say, you know, perfection is uh, able to go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, on that front, it's like, this is the line we've set and we won't compromise. Um, on the other hand, I think there's this realization that you learn more as you grow and as you do things. Yeah, and definitely. <laughs> I think yeah. that you continuously have to understand that, like, as you know better, you as an individual, you as a leader, you as a team um, are going to make a commitment to actually follow up with those learnings and act accordingly and actually do something to do better. Um, there, I'm trying to think of, like, a very concrete example of something that we really shifted. Um, we did offer hospitality partners black pumps mm-hmm. on our our um, bottles initially black plastic really can't be recycled Mm, i didn't know that i find it to different recycling plants across the u.s and really learned what it took to recycle colored plastic in general it was a decision to pull that Mm. Uh, we no longer offer that 
that would be an example of something where you, you know more, you do more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And offer it as an opportunity to educate partners along the way. You know, when someone mm-hmm. reaches out and asks for that, we have a link. You know, here's here's why we no longer offer that. Yeah. 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 And I think I think even just the story, too, with, of your you in the grocery store is so like that's that's absolutely progress or perfection, too. And the and the yeah, I think that like what what you're saying about like learning as you growing as growing like as you go along and, and yeah. learning and like that's um, I had a friend say the other day, if you're not if you're not winning, you're learning like there's no such thing as failure. And I like. I that have just I can't stop thinking about that quote because it's like if you're not winning you're learning yeah if you're not winning you're learning I'd say you're also learning when you're winning but yeah I yeah <laughs> true but but the but the learnings are definitely more ingrained I would say and harder often when when it yeah. is like what you would maybe consider a failure um but it is yeah I just I just love that quote so much because it is it's just like I mean everything in life is just like about progress and growth and it's progress it's I yeah. think even this makes me think back to the very first MVP or minimal viable product of supply mm-hmm. so which when I did you guys that, launch again what year was that so over six years ago oh my gosh um and when I first launched supply I launched supply with five thousand dollars. <laughs> and a lofty vision to change the world by convincing people to change their soap. And I was out slinging soap. Like anyone and everyone that would talk to me, I was telling them about our mission. I was telling them about the really sad fact that, you know, 1.7 million children were dying under the age of five because of diseases we could prevent through the uh, simple act of hand washing. By the way, that number has been reduced, but it's still 1.4 million. Wow. Um, and I really was just trying to sell, 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 and convincing people, come on this journey with me. Yeah. You won't regret it. Yeah. And when we launched, because we had limited resources, I knew I wanted the bottles to be glass. I knew I wanted to silk screen directly on the bottle because even these labels that are on soap bottles, they're plastic coated. Yeah. And so to eliminate all of that. But the reality is I couldn't afford the ink that you needed to silk screen properly and have it pure to the glass. Yeah. And so the first bottles of supply, when you held them, the ink would come off in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Customers would write in, I would do a pop-up. I did pop-ups at West Elm. I would do pop-ups anywhere Mm -hmm. that I could. Um, And customers that I met along the way would email saying, Hey, just wanted to let you know, there seems to be like a bit of a problem with my bottle. The, um, label is coming up. <laughs> would write back and say, "Oh, that's actually like part of the design, and we're hoping you're going to upcycle the bottle." And we did want people to upcycle it, but the truth is, we couldn't afford the real deal. Yeah, and, and you and you still, but you still chose a more sustainable route. We chose a more sustainable whereas you could have gone. Yeah. It wasn't perfection that we were delivering to a mm-hmm. customer that we knew we had one shot with, which was scary. Yeah. Because to say, you know what, we believe in educating consumers along the way more than we believe in delivering a package that we know will literally rub their hands was a choice in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, it would have been cheaper at that point to just do the labels. Um, oh, for you know, sure. Labels yeah. that you stick directly on the bottle. Yeah. So 
these are examples I call them at this point in hindsight fun learnings along the way but yeah. I can't tell you how many nights I woke up like in a sweat <laughs> yeah. worried that we were going to get a flurry of emails from all of these people who had purchased being irate and demanding refunds that frankly we probably couldn't have afforded yeah. <laughs> at some oh my point. gosh um but along the way, what we saw is exactly what I think you're seeing. Yeah. Which consumers that believe in what you're doing and are not consumers, they are part of your community. Mm-hmm. And it's real, it's authentic. And what's awesome about that is when they're part of that education, when they're part of some of those, quote, learnings, as you're calling them, they're learning with you. Totally. And you're yeah. going back into the world more educated better position to make better like decisions for themselves and the people they love, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's actually the reason I love this podcast too, is because it's like, I get to talk to brand founders like you that, you know, we do sell on our marketplace and it's like just hearing, hearing these kind of stories. It just is like, of course, like if you're launching a business, I mean, running a business is hard. Like it is hard work. It's like, you're constantly, getting told no, you're like trying to climb a a massive mountain. And then as soon as you climb that one, there's another one. (laughs) So it's just like, it's an adventure. So it is, it's really cool. It's a baby. Having a business is a baby. I tell people that if I knew how much work it was going to be in advance, I'm not a hundred percent sure I'd do it again. I completely agree with that. I was like, I was very naive getting into this. I was like, Oh, we're just, people are going to know what sustain is right away. They're going to understand the whole mission. They're going to be on board immediately. <laughs> like it doesn't work that way. What you're doing. I think <laughs> that we met, um, in New York city over coffee through, yeah. through an investor, I yeah. think, and then a mutual friend and made, quick friends and have been such a fan of what you're building and how the integrity with which you're building it and the authenticity with which you're building it. Um, It's so fun to be a part of the community that you're building and growing. And I'm so proud to be like chatting with you today and to see supply available through Sustain. Um, It really is what it's about. I think that, you know, you get to talk to one individual you get to work with one awesome marketplace, but you're growing the supply community as you grow the sustained community and totally. the values are so overlapped. Yeah, it's, so the sta- cool it's like just both, we're both absolutely on a mission to set higher standards, you know, for, yeah. for, for consumer products, for, you know, t- the transparency that, that should exist like yours. You know, that should be with, I mean, all brands should be as transparent and as, you know, be that intentional about clean ingredients, but that's just not the truth, you know, like that's just not the reality really. And so it's like, I mean, what can we do? We can educate consumers to make better choices. And that's what I think both you and I have a very aligned mission there is, is on that. It's just like, how can we teach people, you know, how, how to start to make these choices that that can really make other, a difference. Learn from our communities, yeah. and I think continue to grow together. I yeah. mean, it is in my mind the ultimate goal. Yeah, I love. I know. I love that. Hang out on just, a surf session. I know. I was just gonna say. I love it. I just saw a surfboard. <laughs> it's 
How yeah. fun. So I am currently not in New York City where the supply <laughs> is based, but I am currently visiting my partner's family and we're out on the west coast of Canada in Tofino. Yeah. Which is um, and everyone's suiting up in wetsuits at the end of the day. So oh I'm my gosh, to- yeah. Yeah, no, you should get out there. <laughs> and you're and you're okay. Can you tell everybody too? Because you told me this before I started recording, but you guys are going on it. How long is the sailboat trip? Oh, I'm testing myself and my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> We're headed on a sailing trip through the Gulf Islands for three or four days. The so two of cool. us, um, starting this weekend, which. We'll set sail and we'll be offline for a few days, which is such a gift and so excited to to do that together. Also, like also because like personally, selfishly being out in nature and without the constant distraction of social media and email and calls um, and the buzz of New York, too. I mean, New York yeah. itself just has like so much like the energy there is so intense and exciting, but yeah. it's almost overstimulating sometimes. So I think that'll be so good to just kind of totally. detox and, and it is get out where there. I supplies col- I mean, it's where I set vision is escaping to nature. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to supply, if you follow us on Instagram or social um, or even check out our website, you'll quickly realize that um, the inspiration for even our color palettes those are taken from nature. Yeah. And it usually is a single um, trip that I go on, um, usually with one or two people that mean a whole lot to me. Mm-hmm. And I'll take images of rocks or specific plants, and those images are what we pull all of our seasonal color palettes from, all of our holiday themes. Oh my and gosh, stuff. I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. That's, I mean, sustain, we definitely focus pretty much all on like natural colors and neutrals and things. But I, lo- I love that. That's really cool that you like draw it in a way that is like from this vacation, I'm going to take home, you know, this yeah, little, this this little part of nature. Vacation, we, um, all of our brand colors are actually pulled from images that are taken in the communities where our impact is based. So we'll um, take close-up photos of the rocks Mm -hmm. in the community, and then we pull those colors. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Star and all the background colors that you see. I guess we've – I don't know that I've ever actually said that anywhere, but – Yeah, that's such a cool fun fact. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so just because we're at the hour, and I – I'm like so thankful for your time, but uh, but I know you're you're headed you're you're headed to nature, so I mean I don't want to eat up all your time, but the but I do have just a couple more questions. So so in terms of like if you had recommendations like beyond you know of course <laughs> purchase Soply because it's an incredible <laughs> product and it's like it really is I I would say on like the top five list of easiest you know sustainable switches that you can make. Um, but what else would you say, like, sustainable habits-wise? Do you have any, like, tips that would be, you know, e- easy and accessible uh, for, for folks? Hmm. How many tips am I offering? <laughs> as many as, many as you want. Whatever comes to mind. <laughs> the first thing that I'm – something I'm really excited about right now is just thinking much more locally about my food um, mm. and making a connection And when I say that, it can come in many forms, you know, at different grocery stores or investing in highlighting locally sourced produce 
and making a choice to purchase the locally sourced produce over something that might be coming from thousands of miles away. Um, there's also farmers markets. Some of those can be really expensive. Um, and then there's also CSAs and having an opportunity to buy into something that's a little more local that produces things seasonally and that gets me out of my comfort zone in terms of cooking, you know, with different ingredients that I'm not used to using in the kitchen. Um, that's been something that I'm Ooh, really I love that. excited to dive into a little bit more. Do you know uh, what does CSA stand for? Communal, Commun- communal something. I really don't know what a CSA but it, but it's so it's essentially um a because I actually haven't heard that before is it is it just like a low it's a local kind of you buy into a community yeah almost I've only done CSAs. co-op maybe it's like a co-op a communal share oh I don't know what is it that's a good question. I don't. It know says the, uh, I've I pulled it up. It's community community supported agriculture. Community supported agriculture. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. That's so cool. I didn't know about that. I'm gonna look into that. I'm sure there's a program in Denver. I mean, Denver is such a sustainable city. Honestly, I'm like so. There definitely is. There yeah. are in the areas where I grew up in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and it's something that my mom did when I was little that I honestly just didn't think anything of. And then during the pandemic, you saw a lot more of these emerge, especially in bigger cities Mm -hmm. and as ways to support some of the smaller farms that were otherwise selling through farmers markets. And that was kind of taken away temporarily. And so there are different ways that you can do that, um, engage, whether, you know, you're looking at regenerative farming and how can you invest in, in produce that's coming from um, from these farms that are making choices along the way that are just better for the environment and that are producing food that's more nutrient-rich and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I'm excited to dive into a little bit more, be able to answer much more quickly when people ask me the specifics of CSU yeah. in the future. Um, <laughs> but that's something that for me in my own personal life, I'm interested in diving into that excites me. In terms of the little things um, the other things that I'm really interested in right now is just buying fewer things, mm-hmm. investing in things I really love that I know I need that I will use Yeah, and taking really good care of it. Partner, mm-hmm. um, he and I both recently bought new boots. I had the same boots I bought. I'm from Colorado. I got fried boots in high school um, and they lasted me 15 years. Mm-hmm. And every winter, at the end of the winter, I take them to the cobbler and I have new soles put on. They're shined, they're resurfaced, and they're ready to go for the next season. I love and so that. making decisions like that in my wardrobe, that's something else I'm really excited about. I'm currently loving the brand Maria McManus. Um, in Wait, terms can you of, say that again? How do you- I'm loving the brand Maria McManus. Maria McManus. Okay. Cool. Um, I haven't heard of that one. It's more expensive. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And I've recently invested in some of her tees um, and her white button up. The effortlessly cool, chic, and timeless is how I would Oh my gosh. That's how um, I like, I, I want people I, to describe I, sustain. I, that's so beautiful. I like, oh. I love that. That's, that's, so that's actually one of our, one of the things we look at when we add brands to the site is like, is it timeless? Is it quality? Yeah. 
because it really there's so many trends always like bopping around it's just silly like yeah it's just silly like let's just invest in timeless quality i think that's such a good standard for and i do think so those sorts of things i'm definitely embracing what you're talking about which is you know progress not perfection and realizing that I'm making swaps in my own life as I go. And in a pinch, am I buying stuff, you know, in bulk from Costco? No, because I live in New York City, but I would. <laughs> and, uh, then the reality is I'm not, you know, in a, an area of the U.S. where I can have a garden and produce my own produce. Mm-hmm. But I can make these choices that do connect me to my food source and make me feel a little bit more in touch with the natural rhythms in terms of seasons and food. And when it comes to to clothing, it does just make me feel good knowing that I am dressing myself in things that align with my values. Yeah. Um, But it does, it comes at a price point that is intimidating at Mm -hmm. times. And so making those choices slowly and upgrade slowly, but then really making choices that I see having long-term impacts in terms of what my quote capsule wardrobe is where I don't see them going away anytime soon I can see myself wearing those things in 20 years yeah that's so beautiful that's those are two things that I'm very aligned with but the but the local food I actually want to get I want it I actually need I need to do a little work myself there so that's like that was a really good reminder for me even so I love it um okay well anything else like anything else that you that you want to share that you don't think we, we went over or, um, I think the only thing that I am excited about that's on the horizon for supply. I mean, there's lots of exciting things to come. We have some big things we're ramping up for. Um, so stay tuned, but in terms of education around the basics, we're investing in how we bring people along on some of this. And I'm excited to share all of those resources with individuals, with partners, and with our our community. Um, So if you're interested in the nitty gritty of how soap actually works, you know, what what is it that a soap molecule is? How does it actually bind to the dirt and the grime? All of that fun stuff. Um, Follow along on our social channels. We're definitely going to do a deeper dive into how do we actually lean into what we know really, really well which is soap yeah. and washing and personal care. And how do we allow you guys, you all, to to make decisions that are more informed and just more educated? I love for, that. Oh, that's so cool. Too, that's I'm so excited to follow that because I think that is, I, I mean, when I first met you, you were like, oh, yeah, like I you know, was in a lab and that's kind of when I created soap. And I was like, okay, already, like, I just like, you have such a scientific background and I am the complete opposite. Like I'm like been in marketing and advertising and like studied sociology. So I, I think that, um, that's really cool because it's, I would say even challenging for, for me, you know, when it comes to ingredients or what, I, what should I be looking out for? And, and so I think that is going to be such a, such a great value add to, to your community. And ours too. I'm very excited. I think the other thing is my team is good at um, cutting me off because I do love talking about <laughs> and watching, and they're good at keeping me dialed in, giving the people what they want. What they <laughs> um, but I'm so glad that I got to chat with you. Oh my gosh, thank I'm you so, so much. Proud that we're a part of the sustained community and that you're part of the supply family. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Such a joy. 
Yeah, it really is. It's 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 honestly an honor to have you guys. Like there, the, you guys. Ha, I would like so. Eventually, we're going to be building out this sustainable database that that shows you know more transparency for for our community. And I already know you guys are just going to be at the top of the list in terms of high standards. So I just am really honored to to be able to have you on our marketplace, and then also just like know you as a person because what you're doing is so intentional and really you guys are making a huge impact and it's it's beautiful to watch well it's awesome that you're a part of it and everything you said right back at you um thank you to everyone that's already making every wash count with supply and we hope that those of you who haven't already tried it start start um, definitely test it try it out it's so it's really it's you really will yeah it really is individuals it's individuals like you um, for us, the needle continues to move when we have actual suppliers, actual customers that buy supply, that choose to use it. I mean, we've had the New York Times, Food and Wine, Wall Street Journal, you name it. All of these outlets have done full features on supply, not because we pitched them, but because our community, they are the journalists that are writing this and they choose to. It's not us doing the pitch, it's them saying, we want to share this product this company it's doing it right yeah and that's so cool to see and so i'm excited to continue to see what happens with sustain too because i know that's gonna happen yeah too. yeah well and that and that's i mean that's what, what what our true mission is too is just connect the connect consumers connect our community to brands who are doing it right and you're at mm-hmm. the top of that list so um so thank you so much have so much fun on this sailing trip i'm so excited for you and i Hope you share a little bit on on your Instagram whenever. I'll have you know, to share photos with yeah. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. please do. Yeah, I would love that so much. Okay, well, okay. thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Mara. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sustain Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us through our website or Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review if you enjoy what you heard. Your support means the world. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to creating a more circular future together, imperfectly, but collectively.